Oh, you betcha, buddy. Yeah, that's the old Canadian coming out of me. Oh boy, it's a marvelous evening here in the Lone Star State. I'm feeling good. Gene, you feeling good? Throw me a thumbs up. All righty, love to see it. Well, without further ado, let me click here and twist this knob and pop it. And I think all systems are go. So, without further ado, Pan Planet Podcast, episode number six, is live in five, four, three, two, and one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham, and if you're new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Great to have you here. This podcast is all about speaking with some of the most incredible people that I've met in my life and speaking about their life story, their life experiences, and their life perspective with one goal in mind, which is to provide you value. So without further ado, we have a super special guest today. He is my only friend from Poland, and he is also a former member of the Polish national hockey team. He's also a University of Texas proud alumni, and I'm honored to say that he's been a great mentor to me, and he's a one-of-a-kind character. He is Marcin Papiez. Gene, how we doing, good sir? You know, I, I, that's a very kind and nice introduction. I feel like you've been a mentor to me as much as I've been to you, so I uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, Gene, you were too kind, brother. Greatly appreciate you being here. And, you know, anytime I can get a puck slinging savage like yourself on the Hand Planet podcast, I'm going to capitalize on that opportunity 99 times out of 10. But, um, Gene, how you doing? How's life treating you, brother? Life, life uh, you, know, you know, I guess given the circumstances, life, life is great. You know, I always uh, – always believed that you know if you just look what you have absolutely you know like that's why just like during this time i started visiting my family a little more just because i just started started looking and like hey i have two parents i have three brothers i have nephews i have nieces I, I have people to be cheerful with and I have people to tell jokes and I, and, you know, bring up the past, uh, past mistakes and, and past, you know, failures and like what we did. And I'm just like laugh about it. And I'm just like, that's, that's the time. Oh yeah. You know? So that's like, from that aspect, like I'm golden, I'm, I'm blessed and, and happy. And I love it. Uh, so, uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you kind of stuck at home a little more, more than you, you wanted to. So, Trying to find a ways. We we just moved to a area uh, closer to the lake. So it's I'm just hey, oh, if, like if day's not going yeah, if if day's not going great, I'm just like, hey, I'm just gonna go for an easy bike ride and, and just you know Oops. on 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 the path just like nod people like hey, how's it going? And and uh, my day gets better right away after that. But I I I wish I wish we we're just a little, you know, a little 
I, I know it's it's a tough subject those days, but it's like we want to get out there, you know. We just earning to earning to just get out there and 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 uh, get after it again. I couldn't agree more, and uh, it's really a crazy time in history with all of this happening. But as you touched on, this is one of those times where people really have to dig deep and embrace their family, their loved ones, um, and just everything they have. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who are dealing with depression or they're anxious just to get back at it and get after it. And it's tough on everyone. No doubt mm -hmm. about that. But um, you're counting your blessings during this time. Major benefits come from it. And uh, brother, awesome to hear that you're living by a lake. How long ago did you move? What lake to? White Rock? So I, I, I don't want to exaggerate it. it it's a apartment complex, but it's a white track lake. Um, it, it's, they have this nice trail system here that you just like, you know, get out of the apartment and, and get on a trail and it's, it's about 10 mile loop. Oh, I like that. That's a good distance. So, you know, if, if you want to ride a bike, that's just like a quick, you know, 30, 32 minutes ride. And just like, you know, you broke a sweat and, and you're out there for a run. That's, I mean, 10 miles is a little, a little tougher. But it's nice, you know, it's, it's just people, active people. And it's like that, that loop, it's, it's nothing like Katie, like you live on Katie Trail. Like, yep, you know I how busy you can get. Like, it's, it's nothing like, it, it's, it gets busy, but it's like, it's a little, like, I like a little more, you know, give me a little more around space. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy just like, you know, rubbing elbows with, um, on, on, a, on a trail of people. I agree. I, um, you know, I love the Katy Trail in Dallas, but on a Saturday afternoon, that, that thing gets a little traffic, it gets a little clogged up, and when you're trying to get outside and get in nature, you know, you want to feel free, and I can completely relate to, to that point, exactly. Um, love White Rock Lake, actually play play rugby games not too far from it so great area where we're at is that, is that uh, the, um, over at lake highlands park oh yeah i've seen that field i've seen that field i was like man this is like i it's it's not a football field like i guess you, you can recognize rugby versus football field right yep our field uh is a little wider it's it's about the same length it's 100 meters and our field goal posts are different. And yeah, usually a rugby pitch in America, there isn't a massive stadium stands around it just yet. But rugby's grown a lot in America. And Dallas just got a uh, major league rugby team, the Dallas Jackals. And I'm super excited mm -hmm. that, that the game's growing here. But yeah, played quite a few games at Lake Highlands and definitely going to be playing more. Hey, you let me know when, when is the next game. I told you about, what is it, two years ago, we went to, uh, my wife, Kayla and I went to New Zealand, Australia trip and Fiji trip. It, it's like all those countries live only by, it seems like by rugby. And they really, uh, they really do. I've seen my, I've seen my share of like, you know, especially like I, I've 
I, back in the day, I felt like I, I went to UT Austin and, and um, we had this stand, like, you know, you have this stand when you like advertise your team. I was on the hockey team and I was like, you know, come and watch our games. And those like right next to us, there was those rugby girls. And they were telling the stories that their friend was like died during the game because of, uh, oh no, you know, some, he- some head injury. And I was just like, I was like, I mean, I could see that this is a tough sport, you know, this is a tough sport. You don't like, you know, in hockey or football, you wear a full gear, full protection helmet. Rugby is a different story. I'm just like, you, you gotta, you, you gotta like, Honestly, Pete, I don't know if I like. I I want to put myself out there because I want to live. You know, I <laughs> fully un- crazy. Like how living how is that? living is a good thing. So I understand your concern, and I can say that you are not alone with that thought process. How do I do it? I love it. I embrace it. I I feel good when I play it because it's the type of game that it challenges you in every single aspect. Whereas I feel like other sports in the world, there's, there's, well, hockey is really a mental, mentally tasking game, physically tasking, emotionally tasking. I guess you could make an argument for any sport to be tasking in all faucets, but rugby, it pushes you to the brink. It's, True test of strength, power, and endurance all combined into one battle. And there's a lot of tactic and a lot of strategy. And there's no better feeling than running with a rugby rock and trucking over a guy or making a hard tackle. Or most importantly, getting a big win, a good team win. Hey, so what do you, Pete? What do you usually like when you're about to like, let's say you have a guy just like stand, stand straight. He just like caught a ball and like you see open, like you see just like about to like track him. Do you go with the shoulder first or elbow? Like what do you lead with? So you always lead with your shoulder. In rugby, you view okay. your shoulder as your weapon, honestly. Your shoulder it's is like what pretty, you- pretty cool. Pretty consistent across across with like football, me hockey too. Like I guess you, you, yep. you get the more most power out of it. Yep, you want to use your shoulder. You want to get low. That's one of the most important things. And you want to wrap up their wrap up their legs. And the lower you can get, the better. And uh, tackling is honestly one of the hardest parts of the game because you're not wearing pads. Grown ass men are going. 100% and everyone out there has got the same intentions of, Hey, I want to win they and be, I'll do whatever they I got to do. They should be scared of you. They should be scared of you, man. I'm just like, I've seen those videos. I, I have really seen those videos and I'm just like, there is not a, I mean, honestly, there, I mean, there's I a lot of, like a, there's know, a lot of big boys. I, I want to go to the game because, like, I've seen your videos, like, playing. I mean, maybe I was, like, the, you know, Baylor days. Or, but I just, like, I've seen those I've seen those videos. And it's, like, man, I'm just, like, it's, like, a man among, amongst boys. I mean, I mean, I don't want to. But it's, like, it's it's really, like, so, like, I. I appreciate I, that, brother. You know, I'm, I've know always been like, a big you know, boy. Once, I, I, you know, when you get to your, your, like, you know, more like a senior level, like, 
do do people like because you know like always the money follows oh yeah you know whatever the performance there is or people want to get it but it's like you know rugby is still not that big like how do you manage that of like keeping top players and like still keeping the level up well it really depends what program you're a part of i feel like that's a huge aspect and uh-huh. there is a lot of exceptional talent in the united states and a lot of them do play for these great programs so being a part of that helps you keep that competitive nature by being around people who are at a high level and who have similar rugby aspirations to yours and mm-hmm. um it's improving year after year it's awesome that dallas has a professional team because that's just going to continue to grow the sport and continue to make people who play rugby within the DFW Metroplex and even the outskirts a lot more engaged and a lot more um, driven to reach the next level. And it's a hell of a game. You got to come watch a game, Gene. What is the next game? You know, I wish I could tell you, brother. Right now, due to corona, I mean, we had to cancel our 15 season. And we'll see. Definitely right once, right once Corona's gone, we're going to be back after it because we're chomping at the bet. I'm chomping at the bet. Hey, so your games at the Lake, Lake Highlands, is that, is that where they are? Yeah, we play a good amount of our games there. I'll be there, brother. I'll be there anytime. It's a hop, skip, and I a think- jump from your house. Hey, it's 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 literally. I drive, I ride the bike like almost every other day there, like by because you know you just have to cross the street to get that field because you, the the white track lake trail is like like right next to it. So I always see it, man. Just the like open green field, just look beautiful. No one is there. It's just asking for some people just to run out there, throw some things. Oh yeah, I it's bet it looks great right now. Yeah, I'm sure. I it know, looks... man. It's just like yeah. We're getting there, brother. All I can, My all optimism right thinks, thinks it'll end soon. Maybe, maybe you can get me on a team as a, some sort of water boy. Just, I, I'm, just, I'm just like dying to be a part of a team. Just like, you know, some sort of – just like give me just like some towels to – like I'm just going to motivate the boys to keep going because I can't – I you know. All, hey, so what I'm doing Dean, right we now, could you, we could use like, you on the field. I can do anything. Just give me a task. I would just try to complete it. Hockey but guys like, are I'm trying to do, good rugby players. I'm tr- what I'm trying to do right now is like, I have I have this decent bike. So like I like when I was in college, I was I was like always just like hefty goals. Like you know, I'm gonna do a marathon, then I'm gonna do a half Ironman, and I was like, those are intense. I think it was like right after right after I graduated, I did the half Ironman, and uh, I had to get a bike for that. So like I don't have a bike, so I just I went and bought this like a four hundred bike, pretty decent bike. So I still ride it, but like when I go on a bike ride, I still have this bike. And when like I literally I make an effort, I make a point of someone not surpassing me. If there was oh, this guy, you get competitive. There was this guy. There was this this guy the other day. I'm telling you, like you can see, like when those guys have the expensive bikes, 
Like, oh, yeah. Those, get, those bikes get spent like $20,000. All the equipment. And I was like, and I, I have I have nothing. So I'm going to like, I'm going to make an effort. So there was this guy who surpassed me and he took a turn. Super fit guy. I mean, skinny, expensive bike. I chased this guy from, that was like from like maybe a little past Lake Highlands to Deep Ellum. Feel like caught up with him. And then I turned around and I was just like, I just not going to like let that happen just because it's, 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 it's a little bit of motivation. Like, you know, like, oh, it's, yeah. uh, Oh, 100%. Did you say anything to him? No, I was like, maybe I should have like, but it was, I, I was just like, I didn't think it was appropriate because like this guy was like, you know, who's this guy a loser? Like, I don't even have a clip on shoes, you know, I just have a normal shoes on my bike. So, uh, I was, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's, I, I don't look to compete with this guy. I just, I'm just looking for some team aspect of uh, training, you know, like. Yeah. And I, right now know, it's like, just it, like over that desire is overflowing and it's just, if anyone pulls up next to you on the bike, they're getting dusted. Yeah. It's like, imagine like you want to like a team of like bike, like, you know, you be team biking and like you're the last guy, like you're not going to like, you, you'd rather die than be the last guy on this bike ride. Like, you know, so you're just going to like hold your ass to like, to really like surpass everyone. So like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a different ways of motivating myself. And, and it comes to like just like because hockey's canceled marks. right now, right? Yeah, it, it's. I think the NHL is about to like start up in like in August, but uh, the the men's league, which I'm I'm part of, yeah, we started in in June. So it's like, but it's like you know, it's a it's a non contact. It's just more just like a have fun. Have but y'all are still getting the play right now. Yeah, that, I've been that, playing for last 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 four weeks. Okay, good. That's good to hear. At least some sports are getting back to it, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's. I, I don't know why. I, f- I feel like it's. I guess it's a little surprising when it comes to the like what's going on around. But it's like, I'm not. I mean, I I want it, so I'm totally. But uh, hey, looking at the guys, like yesterday we had a game, full yeah. roster, like ev- no, like normally, like maybe like thirty percent of people show up because they have jobs, responsibilities, but like. Full yeah. roster. Everyone showed up. Everyone showed up. I love like people it. People dying. People dying to get out there. Oh yeah, and I feel like you can feel that energy when you're out and about. You just you can tell it. People are ready. They start getting after it and start living, getting busy living. Yeah, absolutely. Gene, brother. So when did you start playing hockey, and where did you start? So I started playing kind of late. Um, number one sport in Poland was always soccer. So like when you grow up, like, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know, like we were we were kind of like on a, I guess maybe poorer side. Like I always want to go and like be a part of organized sport by my mom would just never sign me up for that. Or like for some reason, I, I never figured it out. So then we moved from this small town to the capital of Poland and um, we went to just like my brother who's two years older always just like was, you know, on the lookout for something and he noticed like this exotic sport in Warsaw, like which is fairly exotic, like 
no one plays ice hockey in, in Poland really to this day. It's not like, a, you know, not even top five. It's not oh, even wow. top five sport. Yeah. And, and he noticed, you know, he noticed people practicing there. And like, you know, when you don't own the sport, like, oh, yeah, they look great. They, they might be the total banders, you know, but like they look great. Um, and we, um, he wouldn't sign up for it. And, and then, you know, next thing is like, he's my, my older brother wants something. I wanted something too. And I wanted the same thing too. And, and that's how I started. I think I was like about 12 years old, 12 or 11, which is like, I, honestly, it's like in those days, especially like when, when kids start playing when they're like three years old, you know, sports, I'm just like being 11 years old. It's like, I was always felt like I started late. Yeah, I mean, most people in America, I feel like their kids start playing the sport that maybe their parents really want them to play or maybe that is like the primary sport of that community or state or city. They start when they're eight. Like, that's the standard number. But, I mean, I started playing rugby at 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was uh, a sport that I was introduced to in high school. So, what did you play before? So, from second grade all the way up until my freshman year, I played football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And when it came to basketball, I was decent, but was never mm-hmm. was never a uh, pro pro prospect. And football, though, I was pretty solid. I was always a bigger guy. And I always played lineman, though. Ever since I was in second grade, I was always a lineman. I either played offensive guard or offensive tackle or defensive end. So I always wanted to run with the ball or I always wanted to play tight end, maybe. And. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that opportunity. So the rugby coach, Daryl Knowlton, who is one of the greatest men I know to this day, always will be, came to me and he said, Pete, if you want to run the ball, you can run the ball as much as you want in rugby. You can tackle, you can run, you can truck, you can get intense and I think you're going to love it. You should give it a shot for the moment. He sold me on that. I started playing rugby and you know what? I never played football after that year. Once I played rugby that first season, I fell in love. And that was a culvert. That was that. Yep. Good old Culver military Academy in Indiana. And, uh, and that's like, yeah, it was, that is uh, the, uh, it was a big go ahead, deal. Go ahead. It was a big deal because, as you know, I was born and raised in Texas. In Texas, everyone in America knows that America – or that – not America. Everyone in America knows that Texas is known for football. It's a football state. It's a lot of football families. Everyone yeah. watches football. It's a huge sport in Texas. So when I told my family that, hey, guys, I'm going to play rugby now, and I'm actually going to stop playing football, 
the sport that I did have a lot of promise in at the time and, and that I played forever. And I was going to play this completely new game. And honestly, my family didn't really know much about what rugby was at the time. So they were honestly kind of pissed off because they were like, what the hell? We wanted you to keep playing football. <laughs> you were going to be really good. You, you might have got a scholarship. You might have, you, you, you know, things were going great. Why do you got to quit? Yeah. They were heated. And I shit you not. Love, love them to death. And I, under, I understand their concern at the time. But they ended up falling in love with rugby. And I ended up falling in love with it too. And uh, over time, it grew on them. And now they absolutely love it. Hey, you're right on it, brother. You're right on it. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, like, funny, like, how it introduced, like, the transition to, like, anything you want. So here's, like, here's what I see. Yeah. What and, you see? and you took that drive route the same as I would ever take it. There is this bottleneck of going into this most popular activities that everyone else is doing, and 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 everyone is missing those like niche little things that are just like even more enjoyable, like even in the business world, more profitable. But like all the talent goes into one area, and all those little pockets of like things are left alone because people just like going after what's the most popular, what's most desirable. And it's like, you know, you went to rugby and they're just like, you could have not make a better decision because I can guarantee you there's like thousand other football players who just get burned out. Like, you know, oh yeah, it's, it's just a crazy environment. Like, and, and what, like chances of becoming NFL player just so slim. You might as well just like try to become like a star lawyer. You're going to succeed like, hundred hundred times like trying that comparing to playing NFL football, you know? I, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like a lot of creative good opportunities do get left behind because they're not as widely accepted. And the ones that are widely accepted, people are filtered towards those, just as you mentioned. And um you know, I'm the type of guy who feels like you can only control what you can control in life. And mm -hmm. when I was at that age, 15-year-old young man, one of the things I could control is at least choosing the sport that I knew that made me the happiest. And I couldn't control the fact at that time if I was going to play college football or play pro or any of that. What I could control is, hey, what do I love? what just gets the juices flowing, what gets me fired up, and how can I become the best I absolutely can at that and do that as much as I can with my time. And I felt that way about rugby. I, I thought that was the game that could definitely do that for me. And um, took the road less traveled, and it was mm -hmm. a damn good one in my decision. And I always feel like the rugby journey is still just getting started for me because – I'm going to be playing till I'm an old man, brother. Hey, it's, it's like Pete, I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, I, that's why we like, we, we seem like to be thinking about the same things because like, 
in, especially in Texas, if you can say like, oh, I play, I play football in high school, like, like literally everyone played football in high school. Like, okay, just like, but it's like rugby and then you play on a, like in a professional team. Like, it's just like, okay, no one, no one does it. Like, you know, so it's like, it's not only like, you know, like I know you never talk about it. Like we never talk about those things, but just like you go after things that are just like out there that you find you you deem desirable to do, and you know that's because like I don't know, it's I don't know, that's how we are. It's, it's I, I was thinking, go ahead. it's got its it's got its pros and cons. I will say that is you know proceeding with the things in life that you feel like you can control and be the happiest with those decisions. And, um, yeah, that's just been my personality. I've always, I've always felt like, okay, this, this is something that is new or rare or interesting or, you know what? I just like it. And the things I feel that way about, I'm attracted toward them like a magnet. And, uh, You know, that's, hey, how, that's how I live my life, brother. You know, you know me. I know you. Hey, Pete, I, I'm not worried about you, man. You're, you're gonna, you're solid. Like you're solid. Whatever you do, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine because I appreciate that, it's, brother. It's, I need that. It's all about just you know, you're all you're all about doing it. You know, there are people who just like want to talk about their plans and just like how we're we gonna do it. You're all about doing it, so I uh, I, I know you're gonna make it. But just real quickly, because before we jump, you know, jump into something else, like I want to talk about the, absolutely like the the path of like when you grow up and like let's say coaches, you know, like I want to hear about just about the coaches like could impact on you because mostly in my life, honestly, it's just like I don't yeah. know. You, you always look at the coaches. Um, we, we we always had some good coaches and bad coaches, but I feel like in my life that pivotal part that played was I was right at 17 years old and you know you have those coaches who like who can either like oh, either like you or don't like you like you know like you, you maybe had like this football oh, yeah. coach who just like didn't like really vibe with you like you even know and deep inside you you can make it like you you better than that but he but he really didn't put put his you know his cards and you i i had that guy and the funniest story was like this guy was yeah let's hear it talk about talk about the fucking dumb coach like the guy who is zero awareness he's still there like you know he's wearing this haircut that imagine just like splitting your hair like right in the middle and putting this like i don't know like 70s like kind of like a you know half moon type of a deal on your forehead that was there's, the, that was there's the a name for that haircut it's the chili bowl the chili bowl middle part it's a it's a rough haircut highly do not recommend whatever it is like this guy is like fucking i'm, I'm all about it and yeah. uh you know and Poland, like i guess it was like you know if if you seem like pretty like pretty after coach like you know i'm gonna go and train those guys like you out there? You're gonna you're gonna stick with your job, and and this guy was there. His name was uh, I guess I don't know his name, 
he knows where he is. Um, we'll say Coach Phil. Coach Just Phil, yeah. Coach and, Phil, and, for, um, for the podcast. And he he was he was always known for this, like you know, just the hardcore coaches, and um, and we sitting there, and I'm fighting for my spot for like it was like under 18 national team of Poland, and and I'm fighting for my spot, and he, t- you know, there's a there's a players table and there's a coaches table, and he he say this thing, he's like, oh, this motherfucker. Uh, he he went out there and do this, and I'm just like, and he described in the situation it's like it happened in the game. It happened in the game. And I'm just like, that's exactly me. And I'm just like, I'm like literally like I was right behind. And there's like, how how you not aware? I'm just like right here. If if you want to say something, I mean, be, before I disagree with what you're saying, but it's like if you want to say something, just like I'm right here. Like how can you not be aware, aware that you player, one of your players, one of the twenty players is right next to you. And I was like, man, this is like. Well, I feel like that's very different. I feel like um, I feel like that's one of the big things that can separate good coaches from great coaches is being able to identify what really motivates their players, what really drives them to perform at their highest level, and. You know, when a coach does something like that, which definitely didn't do any favors for you, just pissed you off, that's not that's not being a great coach. And I know that's a kind of common a common maybe coaching strategy sometimes to kind of subliminally call out players when you're getting when you're getting your team riled up maybe at halftime or so on and so forth. But, you know, a good coach knows how to get each one of their players motivated. And it's different each and every time for each and every player. And, uh, yeah, I've had I've had my fair share of bad coaches and I've had my fair share of really legendary coaches. And uh, no, no shitty hockey coaches though, because I've never played hockey. <laughs> no, you're right, man. It's it's like I feel like, especially when you're young, like you don't know what the what f is going on. Like you, yeah, like you have no clue, all right. Like you really don't. Like you always put your faith in the older, like elders, almost like you know, all the coaches, like. They, they're older, they know what they're doing. Like, you know, just like you've lived your life, like tell me what. But I'm just like, if I was younger and I knew those guys also, they have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, I would just like, just probably do my own thing. But I'm just like. Well, yeah, that's, that's one thing that is crazy and is kind of common that there are a lot of coaches for younger teams. Especially, I mean, middle school sometimes, there's been coaches who are just, you know, out of their minds sometimes by how serious they'll take it when it's just a game, you know, that young athletes are playing and most importantly, they're learning. And, uh, yeah, you know, just like with anything in life, there's, there's, 
a ton of great coaches and there's a few bad apples and you know, you always hope to pick the, the finest, freshest, best apple off the tree. And for me, I've luckily had a lot of great coaches and I'll, I got to give a shout out to a few of them right now. Daryl Knowlton, as I mentioned earlier, he was my head coach at Culver Military Academy. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably been one of the most pivotal coaches because one, he taught me the game of rugby Two, mm-hmm. he was the first coach who really believed in me and he established a confidence in me that was much higher than I had my own bar set. And Mm -hmm. he continued to fuel the fire and keep me motivated. And we just, we clicked really well and he helped me become who I am. And he's an, he's an awesome guy and an awesome coach. I hope he's listening to this. And another great coach, um, gosh, I've had so many. Mason Hearing, he was my coach at Baylor. Just a, a great guy. He, he truly was one of those coaches who just loves everything about the team and wants nothing but the team. Nothing for the team except to win and to work hard for every win that you earn and to always put a lot of value into brotherhood. So I love that mm-hmm. about Coach Coach Mason. And we won the uh, Red River Championship at Baylor, first time in history with our team. So he played a huge part in that. Man, the list goes on and on and on. But uh, Nick Lane, I had a huge Australian coach, and he's still – still close to me today he's he was one of the coaches that would always push our team to the threshold of damn this is getting hard and this is getting intense always during every practice so having Nick as our coach every time I went to practice the one thing I could guarantee is that I was going to leave a better player and I love that Mm -hmm. about him he was one of those coaches that he would, he would never tell us to do something that he couldn't do or that he wouldn't do with us. He played high-level rugby in Australia and in New Zealand, and he's a beast. He's a beast of a man and a hell of a coach. And he has triplet, three triplet boys. Oh hell! They're gonna be big. God must be big tough, rugby man. Players. It's it's a lot. But if anyone can hold down that responsibility, it's definitely him. And last coach I got to give a shout out to is my godfather, David Armir. He, he's the one who made me fall in love with fitness, training, being the best athlete you can potentially be, and molding that with the type of person you are. And uh, – I lived with him for six weeks in Colorado when I was 16 and trained uh-huh. for six hours every day with him. And that sounds awesome. He changed my life and he, he helped me flip that switch to saying, 
oh yeah, game on. Let's get it. So tons of good coaches, brother. Who's one of your best coaches that good old Marchines had? One that comes to mind, maybe. Man, you see, you seem to have um, a lot of them. A lot of them. It's it's. Uh, I'm lucky. You are. I I really think it's it's like you know I feel like you you don't you don't get as many coaches in Poland when you grow up. So let me give you maybe a little background when you know when when you play like middle school or like even elementary like school sports like you don't really have coaches in Poland. You just it's kind of like a physical education like imagine like in in your like regular school just a physical education like teacher like that's who you have and and you know there there's there's some like a lot of them probably have an influence you know on on it but it's just like they, they're just doing their job and and they're trying trying to do their best and and uh then i had a coach who i so there was this like government sponsored program in poland Okay, I like that. It's, it's it's kind of like sounds like very like Soviet Russian like you know thing like you just got it. Definitely like, does. It, it really did like you <laughs> you you go in there and like he just like so we we had this we had this program it's called like uh, SMS and and essentially when you finish middle school you go to high school you uh, you become a part of a, it's got like a national team prep team. Like you're literally just like living in, in a the national boarding team. Yeah, boarding room. Like literally, they were just like each class had maybe like 13 players. So that was like those are about 39 of us because there was three grades in high school. So you went to uh, all hockey high school. Yes, all boys. See, all I don't know hockey, this. Like in Poland, in what town again? So that was uh, that was like um, old. Um, it was uh, there's this uh, What's region the name? in Poland, Sosnowiec. That's the town. Sosnowiec. 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 But that, that's like a coal mining coal mining area in Poland. It's a south southwest of Poland, like a former Germany. Sounds where, like they breed men. I mean, they do, they do, but it's, it's, it's a different, like Poland is divided into the like, you know, I feel like, so here's my take on Polish, Polish, uh, I feel like the hockey we played, like they, the people, like I used to live in Krinsa's which was like south, okay. and just the south of us, there was, uh, uh, and not south of us, the west of us, there was this, we, we, we call them like just a, you know, Gurale, which is like just a mountain people. Yeah, uh, from Novitark, I always believe they had like the most character. Like, they're like, they're yeah. just like, you know, they're the I mean, uh, even hill, as, hill country folk. Even as a as a kid, like you just like yeah, like kind of like country people. Like you just like you don't mess with them. Like you you can't mess with some like people up of north who live by the sea, but you don't you don't mess with the with those. So like I always like I. I always admired them, and then it was, I don't know. It was kind of, a, you know, cool to be around them. Went a couple of tournaments with them, and, but. Uh, so you were at this hockey overall, school. You were at this hockey school for three years, and all yeah. boys school. No. Yep. No. Uh, no one there didn't play hockey. 
I mean, is that what you're that saying? Was, that, was a, that was a hockey school. Everyone played hockey. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Um, <laughs> God, that would. <laughs> did it, your brothers go to this college too, or was it just you, Gene? No, I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, we were just like, we were a farmer, farmer family from Poland. My Polish, grand, I feel like my grand. Polish farmer turned hockey player turned American businessman. I, I, it's a fair description, honestly. Honestly, it's a fair description because I moved to the United States when I was just turned 20. Before that, I played hockey. Before that, I was a farmer. Farmer. I mean, what, what do you farm at the uh, Papiaz farm? So my grandparents didn't really have much. Um, I feel like cattle was like a big thing, but they, they, when I was visiting them during the summer, they didn't have cattle. They just had, you know, kind of, they were growing grains on the, whatever the land, land they have. They had chickens. But they just, I think just like learn to learn to live with whatever they have. Yeah. So y'all had all types of stuff. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it's, and then my, you know, like, that was like my grandparents and my parents are a little better. So they tried to like start the business and then, right. You know, and they, is the farm still open today? Or is no, it still, so since y'all still live there? No one, no one wants to do farm anymore, man. No one wants to do farm anymore. <laughs> I don't blame them, honestly. You know, hey, have, to, you, have you what? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, farming used to be, it was like back in the day, it was like a career where, Hey, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a farmer. And it was like very common and it was a very noble and promising career. And, you know, you were going to be someone who helps feed the people, help feed the village, feed your city, your town. And, it's crazy. A century later, like, there's not a ton of people that say, "Hey, I want to go be a farmer," just due to yeah. the different the different era we live in, all the innovation that's occurred since then. But um, that's awesome. I didn't know you. I didn't know you came from a farm town or a farm family, Gene. Have you? Have you? Uh, going just going back to have you watched the show in the United States? The uh... Yellowstone? I haven't. I've heard good things so you about should, it. You, you should. It's, it's, it's like a Bozeman, Montana. And, okay. Uh, we, <laughs> I know where that is. I mean, I've been there. It, it, have you been there? Okay, so it's, it's, it's like... Oh, yeah. It, I, I don't know if it's, it's like been filmed there or not, but it's like it's about this uh, family. Like, I mean, it's a pretty well-off family. And, and uh, I mean, they're just kind of like... I guess Kevin Costner is the main actor. And he's okay. like, you know... He's good. I mean, no one, no one does does what we do of ranching for money. You just do do it for the way we live, and it's like, I mean, makes I know, sense. There's about there, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, every time I go to the countryside, it's like I love it, but at the same time, I don't know if I love it because there's just. Everyone that I know just would like literally move out in a second out of this place. So, you know, it I, takes, love it? I love it. It takes a, uh, it takes a special person to run a farm and 
facilitate it on a daily basis and to live in that agricultural farm away from the city, away from people type of lifestyle. And yeah, no, I can completely relate. But yeah. it, it is a damn good feeling just getting outside and soaking in some nature. Working on, right, man. working on getting a good balance of that. I'm trying to get outside for an hour a day. Everyone should get a wrench. I, that's my feeling that everyone should get a wrench those days and just like get a wrench, get a land and just do what the hell you want to do. That's my feeling. Land is uh, one of the best investments I feel like anyone can make and it's going to stand the test of time no matter what. Unless, I mean, in the, unless something in crazy those happens. times, in those times, imagine like you have a, I don't know, like, even like 10 acre land and you have a four wheeler and you have some, you know, you have some forest there and you have a little tree there and just like, you can just like move around. Like that's like, that's like a dream right now in the COVID during the COVID that's imagine someone who has like a 900 square feet apartment, you know, like, I don't it know. Is, it's, 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 it's a night and day difference. It is night and day brother. And that is definitely the dream. I luckily, I do have a few people who I know, actually two of my best friends from college and they're like brothers to me, two Canadian twins, Blair and Rupert, great guys. You would honestly love them, Marcin. And they have exactly what you were talking about. They have their own, essentially it's, They have a lot of land and it's on an island and mm -hmm. I think there's only a few other people who have houses. I think there's only two other houses on the island, but their portion is fully self-sufficient. It has a farm. It has fresh water. It has power generators. It has berries. Where are they at? Which, which island? It's, it's off the coast of Vancouver. It's called Gambi oh. Gam Gambier Island. Phenomenal place. It's like a, a dream. Have you ever, whatever, whatever it's a, have you been to Canada ahead. before? I've been to Canada, yes. Vancouver? Been there. It's a great place. I love it there. Low I've been to, hey, so... So I've been, uh, we, my wife and I went to Whistler there and, and um, just in the British Columbia. And I mean, w when you live hockey, like, oh yeah, hockey's, hockey's Canada. I mean, honestly, there's, there's, there's no way around it. Like just people live there and I hope it's going to stay that way just because it's, it's like, I, I, I just hate the flip flopping of like, you know, different people just enjoy Monday, I enjoyed this. Friday, I enjoyed the other thing. It's like Canada is just like hockey, and it's like it's hockey. It's, the, it's hockey land. Yeah, I hope the winter stays cold, and you know the the summers are mild, and 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 hockey stays in Canada. That I don't see what I hope, but it's like when you go there in the summer, it's beautiful. It's like not too hot, not too cold. You can oh, it's you can, perfect. You can enjoy it, and just like those all those little villages. 
around and just like there's no one there and I, we never went to like the, the victoria island but man oh, there's so much beautiful those... land in canada so much it's such it's so huge you know it's such a huge yeah. country and i've only been to quebec and vancouver but i absolutely want to explore everything in between because i love i love canadians a lot of people like to say that sometimes I sound a little Canadian and I take that as a, I, I take that as a great compliment because I did live with two Canadians for two full years, but the Canadian accent, it's always a, it's always an honor, but I don't know. Do, what do you, what, what accent do you think I have, Gene? It, it honestly, it switches dependent upon who I'm talking to. I have like one of those chameleon type accents that it changes a little bit dependent upon who I'm talking to. But there's a few staple words that are always used. I really, man, I, I'll really not guess what I, it's just hard to like, when, you, when you're not from this country, it's hard to guess. Like, I mean, unless you're like very obvious British or Australian or I don't know, like something else, like it's hard to guess where you're from. Yep, I can do a rootin' tootin' accent like this and start talking real Texan for you. Darn sure. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that, man. I, I really just I wouldn't mind that. It's 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 awesome. Maybe I just do every different podcast in a different accent. And I'll crack a cold one each time and I'll see where the uh the accent takes me. Right. Natty Light. I'm, 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 back. I'm back. Yeah, that'd be Natty Light, no doubt. Or Lone Star. <laughs> hey, what's the deal with Natty Hey, I actually never got a Natty Light, but it's like, it seems like all the Florida people do the Natty Light. Oh, yeah. It is the Florida man's fuel. It is, it's a shit beer. Simple as that. It's a, it's a, I mean, so, some it's people a love it. Beer. People... You can get it for, 13 bucks for a 30 rack. I don't like it. I already drank too much of it in college. I'm done with it. But yeah, Florida how, people. How do you compare to Coors Light? Coors Light is like a step above. It's like a little bit better. Natty Light is just, you know, <laughs> the, the Florida man's fuel. Nothing against Florida. I love it. One of my favorite states. But, um, Natty Light, not the best beer in the league. Hey, it seems like next time we're going to get together, we're going to get the Natty Light. I just like it's just calling for it. We got to do at it. Least one, at least one of them because I don't think I ever had one, honestly. I mean, you I don't have them in Poland? This, no, I just heard the stories. I've, I've, seen, I've seen the boxes of that natural light, but I never had one. I don't think I ever had one. It's a legend. Well, brother, they are very smooth, and you can you can drink a lot of them due to the fact that they are literally just water with a couple barley sprouts mixed on in. But yeah, you gotta have a natty light if you never had one. It's a rite of passage for any American. It's like a NASCAR beer. Do they drink a NASCAR? Oh yeah, or definitely. Definitely a huge NASCAR beer. 
What's the uh, biggest beer in Poland? Like, what's the the cheap one I, that I can just get like a lot of them for twenty bucks? I don't think they have like. I, I don't think maybe it, it changed. I mean, it's been like you know, it's been eleven years, but um, since I've been there. What's your go-to Polish beer? Żywiec. Żywiec and Tyskia. Żywiec, yeah, and Tyskia. You know, Tiska. You, you go to like, you go to like Specs, you can find those beers. Like Tiske, I think, they're becoming a little more international. What kind I of beer that, it, are they? Like Pilsner or like, you know, the, we're writing it to Czech Republic. So it's kind of like, you know, you get kind of overshadowed a little bit. But I, I think Polish beer, it needs a little more attention. Because we were still like known as a vodka type of country but oh, we yeah. have some good beer we have some good beer i want to go and poland is one of the i guess not one of the few countries that i haven't been to in europe but it's one of the countries that i've never been to i went to czech republic i've went to germany france england um switzerland italy not poland which I'm very lucky that I got to go to all those places, but I, I need to go to Poland. Don't you think, don't you think like this calls for some sort of like a trip of, of just like a bunch of well-behaved boys who, who can take care of themselves and just like going out and, and, and just like, let's go out there and, and just see for ourselves, you know? Because like, I really want to go back to Poland, but like, Hey, there's like some other places I've, you know, I haven't been. I haven't been to Italy. I have not been to France. I have not been to Spain. Yeah, there's would, so many countries in Europe. Well, if you want to go on an adventure and explore some history and see some amazing parts of Europe, I won't be your tour guide, but I will join you, brother. Be a companion. I'll be hey, a that's, companion. That's what I'm looking. Be a teammate. That's what I'm looking for. I I feel like uh, I, I've been on the good side of my wife, and I think she'll be like, I mean, she'll let me do that. She'll let me do that, I think. Absolutely. I, I definitely hope so, because it would be a very great thing for us to do. You know, going to Europe, I feel like it's one of those places that you learn a lot when you explore Europe, at least I have. Every time I've went to Europe, which... Not a lot, but the two, three times I've been, every time I came back with a little bit of different perspective, with a little bit of more better understanding of the world, with a little bit more of a appreciation for history and culture and how things are so different in Europe compared to America. and All good things would come from a Peter and Marcin, Europe adventure journey. Yeah. Yeah, Pete, I agree. And, and you know what, especially like, we, because we, um, you know, people tend to forget, even I am, I'm from a different country. I tend, I tend to kind of forget the, what we didn't have back there and what we have here. And, and it's like, when you have like international students and they talk about like what we have here and what they, have there it tends to remind you like so 
you know, all this, all this uh, stuff we have here going on right now with the all types of crazy race. shit. Yeah, and 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 one of the guys said, and I'm not going to say from which country, it's like, you guys are, you know, your Republicans are way more liberal than we would ever have. So, like, you know, like, it just, like, we that's why think we very... That's why it's good to go be and be a part of that and witness that in other countries and kind of see how they think exactly. and how, how they function and how they operate their businesses and how they live their lives and, you know, see the good and bring that back with us and whatever they, you know, maybe we don't agree with or don't like or. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. You share that. Imagine that. I mean, obviously it's like everything is just like right now, it's just a kind of uh, intensified, but like you go on any capital in, you know, any, state capital of the United States and you voice your opinion of the on top of your lungs and you just scream it on top of your lungs and versus you go out there and, and say it in a different part of the world. Oh yeah. Um, People are going to react differently different. everywhere you go. It's much different. It's much different than, um, you know, so I, I am very thankful for, for being in this country. I mean, I, I will, I'm a double citizen and. Oh, I know you are brother. I, am, I, I know you love you. You're happy to be in Texas and to be in the good old USA. Texas is my place, but I mean, it's my place. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving that place. Texas. <laughs> you can't sell me for anything else. I feel like, I don't know. It's just like, I, we got it all. It's a good place. Why, why don't we talk about Texas? I mean, it's how, why, oh, yeah. why people love Texas so much? Why? Why? You need more reasons? I can give you some. Well, yeah, people, love, them, man. people love Texas because, to put it simply, I could read you a list off of a thousand things why we love it, but people love Texas because we've got everything you need. That's the best way I can explain it. We've got major cities. We've got... Uh, very strong economic sector. We have the desert, mountains, rivers, the hill country, the oceanside, suburban areas, farmland. We got it all. And a lot of good food. And pretty good, uh, pretty good tax policies. Comparative yeah. to other other states. So yeah, those are that. If I would put it simply, people love Texas is because we got everything you need. And obviously, I'm a little biased, but you know, I'm a proud Texan. Yeah, I I, I get it, man. It is um, a lot different. You know, I know. I could imagine. I noticed like a people. I feel like people are pretty reasonable here. You know, it's it's nothing. And I mean, I'm I'm not speaking like I'm speaking for what I've seen. I lived in suburbs of Austin. I lived in Austin. I lived in Houston. I lived in Dallas. And people are like reasonable. Like there there are differences. Like Houston is obviously Austin is very hipster. Very you know, 
I mean, a lot, lot more liberal than Houston and Dallas. Houston is a little more, like, just a laid back. Dallas is a very uptight place, you know. Like, when you get from somewhere else, it's like, you kind of, like, feel like you got to drive, like, you know, a certain car. But you get used to it. Yeah, um, Dallas has got that uptown vibe. Yeah, it, it does. Like, you know, Lexus, Mercedes, or BMW type of, uh, you have to have a lease or, or something, you know, or, or else you don't fit in. Um, <laughs> yeah, true that. <laughs> but it's a, it, it's, a, it's a good place overall. Like, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't question any other states. I feel like, you know, you know, who knows? Like, All types like Arkansas of, would be good. Yeah, there's a lot of great, a lot of states. I mean, I feel like every state in the U.S. has a lot of awesome things about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like no one should be ashamed of like where to live. Like, if you enjoy where you live, just like vouch for it because they might not be a like person next to you vouching for it, you know? Because they might be hearing something on the radio or social media that are just like, you know, LA is the best place to live. Like, I mean, if I were like, if I were born right now, I would literally just like circle places I don't want to live and. Probably L.A., San Francisco, New York City as are not one of the places I want to live right now. Definitely not on my list either. I just the big the big city life ain't ain't for me. Those are like big 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 cities. That living in those places, it's just not what I want to do. I, I get yeah. too I get too crowded easily. When I go to New York, I feel like I'm bumping into people all all the time and that. I'm squeezing into places and, and, uh, I feel like, you know, it's such a big, it's it's such a big city. You want to fight someone on a sidewalk? Like you just like someone just like, just like shoulders you, like you walking by and just like someone's just shoulders you out of nowhere and just like don't, they don't even turn around and say sorry. And just like, what the fuck is this place? Yeah. I mean, there has been some times where I've got pretty heated bumping into someone either on the subway or, or just walking around one of the busy streets. But, you know, I always try to avoid fighting situations, but yeah, bumping into people, bumping into people all the time. Not a huge fan. Definitely not a huge fan. Prefer, prefer to have some breathing room, prefer to be able to look outside and see a lot of nature or as much nature as possible. And, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, need to be able to walk outside, see some trees, see some grass, see the sun shining. And I don't want the sun to be blocked by a massive skyscraper. That's my, that's my view. That's my two cents. Well, You heard the man, ladies and gentlemen, that is his two cents. And this is Commercial Break Peter. Here to remind you that if you haven't liked the podcast yet, go ahead and smash the like button and do me one favor. Send this podcast to just one person because it would mean the world to me. And you got to spread the good vibes. Anyways, we are getting back to the rest of the show. And now we're going to hear a incredible, heartfelt story about how Peter and Marcin met at a Cadillac dealership 
many years ago. Peter and Sheen, carry on, good sirs. It's got to be necessary for us to speak about how we first met because people are probably looking at this podcast and saying, oh, uh, a wild Texan man and a proper Polish lad somehow became best friends. And how the hell did that happen? So I'll just dive right into it. I met you, Marcin, back in, it was June of 2017. I had just graduated from good old Baylor and I was starting a new chapter of my life, which was working at good old Sewell Cadillac of Dallas. And you had just moved to Dallas, actually, from Houston. You were working at the Cadillac dealership in Houston for Sewell. And um, you got moved over, or you moved over, I forget. And I was coming in fresh out of college, training to be a salesman, or a sales specialist, a Cadillac sales specialist. Pardon me. And um, as I was training and I was out, as I was learning, you, I got lucky enough to have you as my uh, sales specialist that I got to shadow and learn from and just follow you around for two months. So how me, how me and Marcin met is that I literally was at his hip for two months and he taught me a lot of great things about how to connect with people, how to connect with customers, how to build value in your services and your products and build, build value in yourself, most importantly, because I feel like that's one of the biggest things you taught me that selling is about not selling necessarily the awesome Escalade platinum edition that has all the features it's about portraying to your customer that you're someone that is very knowledgeable when it comes to your product you're someone that they can trust you're someone they can relate to and most importantly you're someone who they really like and through walking around with you and shadowing you for two months i learned that and it definitely paid dividends and I still use a lot of those lessons I learned to this day. So, uh, Gene, what'd you think having me follow you around for two months? How was it? Appreciate you letting me do it by the way. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just like an old days so or just like childhood. just like, let's just go hell like old time fun. Just like, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but I enjoy just the days of, uh, it's just like a getting back to the, you know, old childhood. Like, you know, it's we gotta work hard, but like, it's kind of nostalgic now, you know. And it's crazy that 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 was only wow three years ago. Right about three years ago was when we first met, Gene. And uh, I know, I know. It's it's been a great three years. Crazy to think how much life has changed, and. um yeah, had a hell of a time shadowing it's, you. I'll never forget that one time we had 
this young couple come in and it was probably the second or third week of me shadowing you. And it was a dead day at the dealership. It was about 110 degrees outside. And, you know, if you're coming into Sewell Cadillac of Dallas, most of the time, you know, you're coming to, you're coming to make something happen or you're coming to come to an appointment that you scheduled to come test drive the vehicle and get a product presentation. But this couple, young couple walked in, um, me and Marcin being the non-judgmental sales associates we were and the type of sales associates that would give just about any situation, give it a go. We went up to this couple and nonetheless, they wanted to test drive an ATS-V, which if you don't know what that is, it's a beast of a car. And they were, to put it in perspective, what do you think? They're probably 16 or 17, 17 or 18. They were, I remember they they were, remember that couple that you drove well, this is what ended up happening, because I know you'll remember it after I say this. This young couple came in. They wanted to test drive the ATSV, and I was shadowing you. And mm-hmm. what ended up happening is when we went to go scan their license, management told us, hey, they need to be 21 to drive that vehicle. We can't let them drive oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know now. Now you remember. I know <laughs> So what did we have to do? We still wanted to see if, you know, they wanted to buy, but they just couldn't drive it. So Marcin, <laughs> being the innovative salesman he was and still is, said, you know what? If you want to see how this puppy goes, I'll take it out for a spin, but I've got to drive. So we hop in the beast of a vehicle, the ATSV. Marcin's behind the wheel. And I'm actually, I think... I sat right behind you and then this couple is riding in the car with us and we zip that thing around that lake that's right next to Dallas mm-hmm. Love Field and um, it was a stick shift so you were you were feeling all the twists and turns and the acceleration and the power it's a really fun car and it got my it heart is. thumping and um I'll never forget that, honestly. That was great. Oh, it was a great time indeed. And you know what else is great? Water. You need to make sure you're drinking at least a gallon a day. And that's your Hand Planet podcast friendly reminder. Back to the show. Hey, Pete, are we, are we recording right now? We are. we are. We are. We are, so we are, brother. I feel like we, we do have to... We do have to touch, like, we, we have a dear friend to us who's just, like, killing right now in a dealership out there. We absolutely do have a Thomas? dear friend. Thomas, Thomas, indeed, is crushing it. He has been the top Audi sales associate for 2020. You have to get him a podcast. You have to get Thomas on it. Thomas is to, getting on. Me, Besides Thomas, you have to get a couple of those characters because, like, I feel like people would love it. I mean, they they would just like, oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's the thing I love about 
car, car sales guys and just, you know, we have so many friends who are in automotive sales because that's how we met. And those guys, I know. And, they're characters. They, they're, they've got a slick silver tongue. And yeah, they've got a lot of energy. And, and you, know, you know what? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the credit to to the, who the credit belongs to because Sewell's just just do phenomenal job in terms of just like you they know do. who they're gonna let into the in organization and who they're not gonna let into the organization because it it's like I would never join this company if if that wasn't Sewell like it was just like you know like when I heard I work for the software consulting company out of college called business quorum business solutions and and there was this guy who was a brilliant guy he he claimed to i mean he was i mean he was kind of a compulsive liar but he claimed to went to uh he was from new york city went to columbia university and he's like you know what he was a brilliant guy and i'm i'm just like i'm done with this you know i found this company uh sewell automotive i'm gonna go and sell the cars for them right now and i'm just like you man you you, you must be fucking crazy like you're going to take this job downtown Houston, all in God's job, and you're going to go and sell cars. I mean, so you might be nuts, but yeah. he put in just two weeks. And, you know, like, you know, guess what we do for the next two weeks? We talk about Seoul, how, you know, how good of a and, – and then uh, he knew I was going to fit up with the same thing. And oh, yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, well, I went to the interview of them too, and, you know – it, it, it just, it's like, a great it, place. It, just, teach, it teaches you a lot. That's for sure. Especially for athletes. Like, you know, they like, I remember like they showed me the board. Like, in the, I remember, I don't know if they showed the board, like, hey, this is the board. Every Saturday we keep a tally on like who is, who is the best, who is the, who is not. And I'm just like. Oh, yeah. Very competitive. The board, like, there, there was never, no, there, was, there, there, would, there would not be a time in the world, like, unless I'm just like a ready to keep up with my life, like I'll be last on this board. And <laughs> and that's why athletes really thrive in the core yeah. sales environment because the more competitive you are, the harder you're going to work and the more you're going to make. And it's one of those careers it's you get out, you get out what you put in. And if you are competitive, it is going to be right up your alley and you'll probably do very well. And Sewell's a great place to do it. It's kind of hard to find replicate this environment anywhere else like i mean I, I try to like imagine like where can you replicate it but it's it's really hard with the same like you know because it's a couple of units you have good people good management and you know good product and just like it's, it's kind of hard to replicate it those days it's very hard i mean you know you gotta build an empire to be at the level the Sewells are at. And yeah. that business has a hell of a lot of history behind it. But um, they're doing great things. And shout out to good old Tommy Waite crushing it at Sewell Audi <laughs> oh, and no. if, you want an awesome, if you want an awesome car salesman and you want an Audi and you want the best in the business, you give brother Tom a call. At Sewell Audi, absolutely, absolutely. Anytime. I'll, I mean, I I'll, I'm gonna go myself and buy a car from Tommy if I can. 
Yeah, and Gene is laughing because we love Tom so much. I know. It's, he's it's, he's it's, one of the boys. Yeah, I'm so happy I, that I, he's doing so well. It's It's been a remember, phenomenal I, thing to see. Peter, remember you left the school and I was still there and, and, and uh, you, you called me like, hey, just my, my buddy coming into, you know, he's looking for a job and he's at the out in McKinney and they're going to interview. And, and I actually like, some of the managers like, hey, why don't you go and interview? And I'm just like, he sounds like a good guy. And <laughs> I remember that's, 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 that's the best story when it starts when you meet the guy and you like listen to him and he was just like went summer to New Orleans selling timeshare. And I'm just like, Man, this guy's awesome. This guy's awesome. He's one of a kind. And I actually remember that day vividly. I was like, yeah, Marcin, talk, talk to my boy. He's a, he's a hell of a guy, loves selling. And <laughs> his personality is one you've never seen before. And he is high energy. And he's a character. And yeah. He's, uh, man, he has maximized that opportunity at Sewell and just hats off to Tom for yeah. being where he is today on the uh, sales board. It's a beautiful thing. You love to see it. As I say, you love to see it. Good old Tommy. You go out to seeing Tom Waite and uh, Audie McKinney. Tommy Wait, Audi McKinney, give him a call. Tom will send you the, the invoice for the free advertisement, the co complimentary <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> um, all right, Brother Marcin, we might as well get on to one of my favorite, most beloved and cherished parts of the Hand Planet podcast. That is the good old Would You Rathers. Are you ready, Brother Chin? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> You're cracking me up, brother. The one rule with the would you rathers is that you got to answer. I'll answer. No more about that. All right. Coming out of the gates with a quick one. Marcin, would you rather have no nose or no ears? Oh, absolutely no nose, brother. I mean... I, since I grew up, I mean, since I was very young, I've been told my no nose is like a big of a, I mean, it, it's it's the size of a, I don't know, I don't know what you can compare it to, but it, it, you got it's a, a great big nose, old Jay. thing. It's a big old thing, you know. It takes in a lot of oxygen. It's a it's a it's a Poland oxygen tank. I mean, I, I actually, I you know, I, I take it back. You know, I honestly, I. I no, I, I want to hear things. I want to hear things. So I, I'm, I'd rather not smell things. I'm not worried about the aspect of like people judging me for my nose because it's, 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 you know, but it's like, I always find it funny. Like, you know, people like feel like, man, you, cause you know, when you like, I, you know, when you're like 16, 15 and then like you go out there, like I had some friends in the, in the, in the boarding school and, and it's like, you, man, you got a bigger old nose. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I don't really care. man. Whoopsie-doo. I might. Yeah. But I think no nose over no ears. I mean, you, I mean, you want to hear things, right? I, I would go no ears. Really? I would go no ears. 
Yeah, I would rather. You would just like rather be like I love like, I love I love smelling. You know? There's nothing like a smell of a good old brisket or I just feel like not being able to smell food would be detrimental. And if I can't hear, I can at least utilize technology to have people transmit messages to me. I don't That's know. Fair. They yeah. both they both would not be ideal. But we're moving on to question number two, Gene. Would you rather sleep on the same bed sheets forever without changing them or only be able to shower once per month? Ooh, that's greasy. What would you rather do, brother? Ooh, man. Honestly, I mean, imagine like sleeping on the same sheets for like 20 years. I mean, that would be... I mean, no matter how much you shower, that would get a little, a little out, a little disgusting. I, I'm gonna take the once, once a month shower. I mean, you can, you can find a ways to clean yourself off, you know, a little more often. Oh yeah, oh, man. If you just like never change your sheets, oh man, oh, especially uh, you know, my wife's a little germaphobe. Oh no, no, she no. would not That's be happy with no. that. I wouldn't That's be happy with no, it either. No. Yeah. All right, we're on the same page with that one. All righty, brother. Would you rather always feel extremely tired no matter how much rest you got each day or each night or always feel extremely hungry regardless of how much you ate? Ooh, that's a tough one. Come on. You know the answer to this one. I mean, I feel like I do hunger. We, I, we do. I hate feeling. You tired. don't want to. You don't want to feel tired just because it's just like tired almost equals lazy. I hate like, feeling tired. Like, so, uh, but when you're hungry, you're alert. You want to do things. You want to look for things. You know, you just like a little more alert. You know, you want to find food. Just like, yeah, you want to like you know you want to wrestle in the middle of the living room to to just like fight for that piece of food you have, you know? Sure, or wrestle a, wrestle a bear so that yeah. you can maybe well not eat a bear, but you know that's like a Russian Russian. What was this? Uh, Khabib who fought Khabib? Yeah, he like Khabib wrestled, Makamedov wrestled baby bears growing up. That's the way to do it. He's insane, honestly, insane. Hell of Is a he fighter. Still around? Oh yeah, he's still top of his game. Still on top of his game. He stepped out at his last fight because um, he, I think he didn't want to get sick or something along those lines. But oh yeah, he's still ready. He's a beast. All right, brother. Next question. Would you rather be the worst basketball player in the NBA or the world's greatest video game player? I like that one. What would you rather do, bro? Oh, man. I'd rather be the worst basketball player. I I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm not saying that just, just 
you know, because you play sports, but it's like, I just have no desire to play sport. I mean, I, you're talking to a guy who like never was into video gaming. So I have no desire to play video games. Zero. Like I zero. zero. So zero as well. If, if I could make it like, if I could make, like, if you can make it just ride the bench in the NBA, I'll take it over being the, the best, the best video game player in a day. 1000% agree. Being in the NBA, honestly, even if you're in the G League, which is right below the NBA, is extremely yeah. impressive. Yeah. The best video game player, I ain't impressed. But I know there are a lot of people out there in the world right now who are watching like live video game streams and uh, Twitch and all that stuff. I don't know. It ain't for me. But I, I, I would definitely be in the NBA. Anyways, brother, moving on to the final <laughs> would you rather question. <laughs> Make it uh, I know you're fired up, and I am too. <laughs> this might be the toughest one ever asked on the Ham Planet podcast. So here we go. Oh, shit. Let's go. Marcin Papiez, would you rather lose the ability to read? Or the ability to hear music. Ooh, fuck, man! I mean, that's that's a tough one. That's really a tough one. Just because, very tough. Oh, I feel like we we both like I don't know. Like I, I I'm gonna like I'm just gonna say it. I feel like we will struggle with the same thing because like I have a hard time with reading. Like I do find a lot of value in reading, but it's just like I didn't grow up reading a lot. But Neither I wouldn't I. do it, you know? But, like, when you put on the music, I don't know what music you listen to, but when you put on the music that just, like, gets you pumped, you just go. So imagine yourself, like, getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning and opening up a book and start reading or putting your best music. What are you going to, what do you know? I'm taking the music. I'm taking the music. I'm taking the music, too. I'm taking, taking the music, too. Give me the music every day. I I'm, I believe the future is moving towards a place where learning via video is gonna honestly overtake learning from books. But there is so much value that's in books, and I absolutely wish I was more of a, a big reader reader guy. Which I mean, I read a lot every day. It's just not always in a book. But I'm going music. Yeah. 99 times out of 10. Yeah. No, no doubt. No, about no, it. no question. No question. The, the thing about books, like, you might be like, you know, 150 pages into a book. I'm just like, what am I reading here? Like, is it worth my time? Is it, is it worth my effort? I, I don't think so. You know, like, it's just like, yep. It's a lot just of like books all and, media. Uh, high, a lot of books in high school and middle school that I was assigned to read. Spark notes might have saved my life a time or two. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out Spark notes. Same here. Same here. Same here. Are, are they still around? Are they still around? I bet they are. I hope they're doing I great. Think, I mean, I mean, I'm just Google. Just the overall good old Google. My ever placed it <laughs> with random stuff. It's all on there. I love good old Spark notes. 
Well, Brother Marcin, we've had a wonderful, splendid, marvelous time today. And I've loved having you on the podcast, brother. Really do appreciate your time. Anytime. Anytime, Pete. It was the first time. It was the first time, but it was a great time. And looking forward to just see what, what you got in your new plate, man. I'm really I'm looking forward. So just just show show yourself and show everyone else. And it's like, because I know you're going to do great things. Greatly appreciate that big time, brother. And that means a lot to me. And um, like I always say, we're just getting started. The best is yet to come. And I'm hyped for what's ahead of us. And we got to make that uh, adventure to Europe. We got to make that happen. And for the record, record, it's on the podcast. So it's ingrained in history. We want to get out and get after it. No. Yeah, we're going to get get, uh, all the great history and beauty soaked into the mind. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see things, you know, just uh, see different things, uh, look for different perspectives. That's what life's all about, brother. Well, without further ado, me and Marcin loved recording this podcast, and we hope you really loved it too. And if you loved our episode, or even if you just loved one snippet of something we said, or we made you laugh made you chuckle or made you smile do us a favor share this podcast with anyone in your life who you feel like needs a little bit more good vibes and as i always say you can never overdose on the good vibes ladies and gentlemen if you want to connect with marcin marcin's on linkedin marcin yes and as always Get out into the world and do something great. Till next time, ladies and gents.